I'm Diane Hullett, and welcome to the Best Life, Best Death podcast. You can find out more about the work I do and sign up for my free newsletter at bestlifebestdeath.com. Today, I'm here with special guest, Jessica Wirtz. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Diane. <laughs> Jessica is uh, from Southwestern New Mexico, and she has a beautiful organization called Spirit Vessel. And she's here to talk to us today about that. And you can look up more after if you're interested at spiritvessel.com. So, you know, Jessica and I were just talking before we hit record, and I felt like the most interesting place to start was just sort of like, what is Spirit Vessel and how did you get started in this work? There's there's so often these interesting backstories of how people get into what they get into in this kind of field. So tell us about your work and you. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Um, I would say that I come in with also a fairly interesting background, just not coming in from, um, you know, working in the death field prior to Spirit Vessel. Um, I've been an artist, specifically a ceramic artist, for 12 years. Um, it's probably more now. I just keep saying 12 for probably way more than 12 years. Plus 12. Plus, plus 12. 12. <laughs> so that's my professional career. And I've been um, creating lines of ceramics in the Bay Area is really, really, really where I got started. And then um, throughout those 12 years, I've had several experiences of being able to work with individuals and families who would approach me to make urns for ashes for them. And whether that was for one of their family members or a pet or a child they lost, um, it was always just in clearly a really incredibly impactful conversation for me and really intimate and beautiful piece that I got to make for a family. So I just realized in those conversations how fulfilling it felt also for me to be able to give and um, have some sense of service and participation in my work that was other than the ritualizing of mealtimes and dinner and coffee. So um, again, you know, just like always feeling how um, incredible that was to work with families that way. And so then the idea of spirit vessel started to form a few years ago. Um, nothing really absolutely specific. It wasn't like I lost somebody specific in my family because that's where everybody wants to go with it. Who did you lose that made you think of this idea? No, no, no. It's it's the, kind of the opposite in a way. It's a much wider lens that I came into this because it's really a larger cultural conversation that I began to see that needed to happen, um, which many of us are now with our eyes so much wider to experiencing death and how we are and aren't doing that, um, you know, with care and attention in this culture. And so I was really... Um, kind of a fun story. I, was, <laughs> I did this part of my life where I was living in the woods of Oregon. And I mean, living in the woods alone, it was kind of a wild thing that I just, uh, universe just dropped me into it. And I embraced it. I thought I'll do this for a couple of years because I am, I'm a nature lover. I grew up in central Pennsylvania. I grew up in very rural areas. And, uh, and I thought, let me just like build my life here coming right out of San Francisco. I'm going to work in a ceramic studio here that my ex-partner and I built. And um, during that time, there were several deaths around me. Um, but I would also say just like a larger, in a larger sense, a lot of grief was around me through um, friends, through my own life, and just really tapping into um, probably the most I ever allowed myself to feel what I was going through um, in terms of like the grief that I was feeling and understanding, oh, that's grief. That's actually what that is. And I let me, let me figure out how to work with this. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 
because I wasn't taught as so many of us aren't taught how to grieve or what that can feel like or how to work with that emotion properly. And so um, during that time of being in Oregon in this like deep wooded area, I started to realize that I wanted to create ceremonies that helps people just have conversations around death. And it wasn't anything grandiose. It was like, wow, I'm struggling. The people I know are struggling and we're struggling to talk about it, even though we're in the same or very similar situations. Right. We're like, we're like, struggling. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Well, what are we doing about this? And it just became this like, okay, well, what if we just, <laughs> we, I'm talking to myself, but <laughs> what if I just began having this conversation with myself and then how can I help set up spaces that would feel um, much more, you know, intimate and compassionate just to help the process of walking through loss and to be able to talk about grief. Um, I was also really interested in the study of epigenetics. I still am um, just really how our genes are modified by our environment. Um, there's so much brilliant science now that we're learning, you know, in our time that it's just, it's so much fun to realize how powerful you are as a human being, how much, you know, you actually do direct your own lives through your own choices, through your own feelings and beliefs. And so out of that also came the understanding where like, maybe we can help each other grieve more if we're able to talk about it. And that can help future generations as well. I'm so struck too by, you know, your business name is Spirit Vessel. And then you were literally creating these vessels for cremation urns. And yet what you were drawn to was then this metaphoric vessel or this energetic vessel of like, how can we as this little community in the woods or, you know, in the little town nearby, how can we support each other creating vessels for our grief um, through ceremony, it sounds like. Yeah, you nailed it. I didn't actually say that in the beginning, but spirit vessel, the name came from like a threefold. It's the body as the spirit vessel, which we're all here as a spirit vessel, um, the vessel of the urn, which is actually the you know, the vessel that the transformation of the body takes place in. And then more, more and most importantly is the vessel of the ceremony, which is really the transformative area that you can work with, with, uh, yeah, you know, the unseen vessel. I love that. I love that. That's so, um, succinct and yet so layered, you know, so multi-layered. So, so then, so then how did you end up leaving the woods and ending up in, uh, New Mexico? <laughs> Uh, I spent time in New Mexico when I was 18, right out of high school from Pennsylvania. And I, I just, you know, when you know something, you know it. And I said, like, whenever I'm ready to purchase a house, it'll be back here in New Mexico because this, just the spirit of the land and like the beauty of it was so, it just was so overcoming. And anyway, it took me, yeah, how many years to get back here? But um, basically during the pandemic, I was realizing I needed to move out of the place I was, and it was just not able to hold me in my work anymore. And I was really focusing on a place that could hold spirit vessels. So it needed to be larger. The studio needed to be larger. Um, the distribution center, a small one needed to be larger. And I just needed to own my own place so that I had say an agency over that. And so during the pandemic, I actually did a road trip and gave myself 30 days um, to pick a place. And, you know, we thought it was going to be a buyer's market. Well, it wasn't. So it was like really slim. And I drove through this really fascinating little rural town here in New Mexico. And uh, I was with my partner at the time and I was just like, put the brakes on. We're going back there. And, and I like pointed to the place, it was the studio. And I was like, that's going to be my studio. 
and I didn't even know it had a house to it. It was just so perfect, really, that it happened to be available. So that's wow. how I ended up in New Mexico. That's, <laughs> that's a year and a half ago. <laughs> wow, you just knew with that kind of clarity. And so you did. You moved in and started this. So so you you both spirit vessel, you're still making ceramics and, and that piece of it. But you've also really developed this ceremony piece. And one of the things that's new with Spirit Vessel is they have this book called Spirit Vessel's Ceremonial Guide. Is this a good moment to kind of dive into that? Tell us what the ceremonial guide is. Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. We are making urns. We make urns in all different sizes and shapes. And um, we really want them to be something that fits um, in a modern home in a really beautiful way that doesn't scream urns. So that is and will stay part of Spirit Vessel's business, but really the main, um, the deeper meaning to it and the purpose of creating this business is to help hold ceremony and help teach teach families that they can do this on their own, supportive communities, individuals, this can be done through any number of um, people, you know, populations, uh, it speaks to Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just, I was like, hmm, like, so do you mean like ceremony, like a home funeral or something more than that? Like, how do you, what does that phrase mean when you use it, that term? Yeah. So what we're doing is actually helping put the, this idea of death back into the family. So it could be seen as a home funeral, but really spirit vessel ceremonies are they're really wide. They're really wide in what we're talking about. Like this can be a ceremony can be performed. Um, if you're pre-planning your own ceremony and you want to help your family design something so that they don't have to, when you're passing and then they know what your wishes are, this could be done as a living memorial. So if someone's terminally ill, um, or elderly, and you want to celebrate them before they pass, uh, this can be done as a memorial service, um, right in the aftermath of the death or many years later as an anniversary to say your parents passed, or you have a child that passed and you really just want to put this space together. So ceremony is really, you know, to me, it's a very specific time and it's a sacred time. This is like, it's not religious, but if you think of going to church, this is like going to church or something like that, because it's really, um, it's time marked out of your everyday life. This says, this is very, this is very specific and this is very sacred. And what happens here is very intentional. So you can set a ceremony up however you feel appropriate. Uh, we worked with, um, the, the ceremony guidebook is 60 pages of how to do that on your own. So the idea here isn't that you have to have, you know, a facilitator or somebody very specific saying, this is exactly how this has to look. The idea is that you use your own creativity. We give you all the tools that we possibly can to help you. And then you set up the ceremony in the way that you feel is appropriate. So the book is really, um, I'll just tell you a little bit more about it because it's here in my hand. And it's really about everything you would need to know to go through like one, two, three, four steps. And you can add and subtract whatever you want from this book. It's a jumping off point and it's really helping people to have the permission to create whatever they need to, to feel whatever they need to feel through the process of grief and loss. So this is this, we see this as an invitation. We're inviting you in to, to do this however you want. So our invitation offers you as many things as we could think of to help you set it up, which is, you know, um, I'll just read the index here. <laughs> Um, about spirit vessel, about ceremony, why ceremony, for whom, grieving, pre-planning, living memorial, 
so we talk about how, how do you choose a master of ceremony? It's always important to have somebody at the helm of the ship that's really helping to direct it so that everybody can stay in their own experience and their own process of what's happening in the ceremony. Um, we really encourage participation, which is a huge part of Spirit Vessel, because it's really not a top-down structure that we're looking at anymore. We want full participation from the members who are the attendees. And the point of that is like, you're not really healing if, or working with your own emotion. If somebody is over here telling you how to feel and what to feel and giving you a eulogy and all that, you know, it's just, it's a very outdated structure. And so we're looking at how do we help each other heal and healing's a long process. It doesn't necessarily happen in a ceremony, but how do we help have the conversations um, and be able to talk about our emotions and to be able to process all of the different feelings that would come up after a death or before a death or many years. So it's um, the bulk of this book is really called the passages and the prompts. And this is a part that I wrote um, that I feel like is, is something quite different, but um, it brings the psychology in of really allowing people to feel what they feel and safe in a space and then the prompts are accompanying the passages so they speak to different emotions whether that's forgiveness or gratitudes regrets I mean it runs the gamut the spectrum of emotions that could come up after losing someone or before or after so um, you know ceremony is just like to me it's this beautiful space of holding the paradox of all the things of all the things that come up and creating an architecturally beautiful space to help hold that I love the word architecture that you just used. I was thinking it's like it's like giving people the tools to create like a reverent space for humans in your community to come together around something big. And I think it's so interesting that you you kind of said that the the old the older style of how we've done that in the US you're like, it's just a little outdated. It doesn't quite serve people the way people more currently want to go into it. And it does feel to me that that's partly like the pandemic, like it just put death on all our radars in a much more direct way. And so there's this, there's this call for something very palpable and very community-based. And um, I just love that you, you've kind of created a like you said, like a, like an architecture that allows someone to then plug their own creativity and their own um, individualism into this structure, but you're not just creating it from scratch going, wait, how do I begin? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's really speaking to emotions, right? So, and everyone has emotions. So we're just like, how do we speak to helping people work with their emotions? And that's really the premise of it. And it's really helping people just to like tend to themselves, care for themselves through a process. And in doing so, you care for your family and your community if you're able to take care of yourself, right? So it's, um, yeah, it's kind of a basic idea. And um, I, I think of it because it's like revolutionary now, but it's actually like the oldest idea that, you know, your ancestors, my ancestors, and everyone we've come from comes from practicing ceremonies. Our, their entire lives like we come our lineages are based off of ceremony so it's not anything um, new age or new it's just new for this time yeah I think that's really well put sometimes people um, do you find people are are they put off by the word ceremony or do they resonate with that word you know that is something I've come up against a couple of times because some people are just like oh, ceremony, of course, ceremony. I'm like, do, what does that mean to you? Do you get that? And they're like, of course we know what ceremony means. And I'm like, okay, great. And other people, I think that, you know, depending on your religious views or just um, 
quite a few things. I think that ceremony can just have a different connotation to you. And so I'm trying to find a way to speak to it where it's not like ceremony and ritual. Cause I think some people were like, that's a little witchy sounding, but I'm like, but hold on, like all of your rites of passages, your entire life through Catholicism and any number of religions are based on ceremony. Like this is all ceremony. You just call it something different. So it's really just helping to like expand that idea of what a ceremony could be for people mostly. What's you know, your take on it? <laughs> I, I think that's great. I, I love, there's there's a Canadian death doula named Sarah Kerr, and I really love her work, K-E-R-R. And I remember one time in a training with her, she talked about like ceremony was about either making manifest and apparent what was already happening mm-hmm. or um, changing something that was current that was changing. So like, for example, a marriage is a ceremony that makes concrete and manifest the connection that a couple feels. And then you come before your community and say, yes, this is it. We're married. We are now a a unit. And, And so you're taking something invisible and making it visible. And then the other example would be almost like a divorce where something is dissolving and we don't really have a good ceremony for divorce. And yet there could be this powerful possibility of um, naming that that has come undone now, and we're letting it be undone. And I think of a death as a little bit like that. It's like a life is dissolved or dissolving. And how do we name that and, um, treat it with the reverence that it could have instead of this, like quick, uh, washing our hands of it, you know, kind of like, okay, who's taken the couch and who's got the books and, okay, what do we do now? Like, just, we want to kind of be very practical and move forward, but I think it misses this opportunity for that ceremony, ritual, whatever the right word is. I, I agree. I don't want people to be put off by it because I think it's very human to offer these kinds of things and how do we do them in a way that really resonates. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really rich. I love what you just said. My body's like tingling. I'm like, that just, that feels so resonant in the way that you said it. And it feels so resonant in the way that we're wanting to do this within spirit vessel too. It's completely, it's, it's taking a moment in time that is a transition and the transition isn't good or bad. It's just a transition, whether it's exactly. like saying, whether it's death or divorce or marriage, it's just saying, this is not, you know, this is a very, specific time. It's, it's marking a new era in our lives for whatever reason. And, and it's really that honoring, which is what you're saying, which I love. I love that we're like marking it, honoring it. And there, there's some way, I don't know, in current, current U S culture at this time, we don't do a ton of marking it in, in some of our society. I think some families do some subcultures do, but, but a lot of it just goes kind of by very quickly. And so how do we, how do we mark these things? Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. What else, what else is different about Spirit Vessel or, or what else would you say about um, the work you do? What, what is different about it? I don't compare it to anything, to be honest, because I'm not sure what to compare it to. And I've kind of come up against that a couple of times. I'm like, well, what's similar out there like it? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what is different about it that way. Um, different in this culture. It's very different because it's because it's saying that, you know, the, the space of emotion, that the feminine is equally as important as the masculine. And right now we live in a very masculine dominated culture. And it's saying that time together and presence and love and compassion are the gifts of the spirit. And we need to be holding those with um, utmost love and reverence and honoring that just as much as we do this, like 
very like driven, determined, ambitious, like transactional way that we live. What's well, it's really speaking to the cyclical living of, um, you know, it's not all linear, the way that we process things and the way that we feel things. It's, you're going to come back to this many times in your life and here create spaces. Let us help you create spaces and create your own spaces that can hold you through those transitions. Um, because I think even death now in this culture is so transactional. It's like, oh my God, this happened. And you know, you, this is your field, obviously. So it's just like, everybody gets so stressed out. It's almost a disembodied feeling. It's very disempowering because you go and you're like, okay, I know that I need to do these things. What do I need to purchase? Um, how do I need to do this? And I know it needs to happen in three days. And it's just like all of these like really outdated ideas around death. So to me, spirit vessel is, um, it's an offering that says, look, you can do it different and you don't even have to purchase this. I don't care. Just understand that you can do it differently and that you have the agency to do that. So I want it to feel very empowering to people that they know that, um, death can look however they want it to, that grief can be felt in multiple in a myriad of ways and, you know, learn to create the holding spaces for yourself and for your community. Thank you so much, Jessica. That seems like a perfect place to stop. I mean, that just sums it up. So create holding spaces for you and your community, mark these transitions, let them be what they are. Yeah. Thank you tons for your time. This has been Jessica Wirtz talking about Spirit Vessel and their new book, Spirit Vessel's Ceremonial Guide. I'm Diane Hullett, and this has been the Best Life, Best Death podcast. Thanks so much for joining me, Jess. Thanks, Diane. This was wonderful. Thank you.